Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Milestones Podcast. I am your host, Jared LeMay, and keeping things real in the house, Thomas Barakat. How's life treating you, Thomas? Uh, Jared, uh, I would like to say it's different, but it's pretty much the same as usual. Uh, looking forward to things opening up later this week, <laughs> um, and hopefully some more progress on uh, getting things going again. We're, we're getting closer there. I know both you and I have our first shot, so we're halfway back to normalcy. That's right. So. Anyway, all right, all right. So today's episode, it's uh, really exciting, super interesting, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, but to do that, I need to take you back a few episodes to probably episode seven, where we spoke with Jarrett Coles from the Canadian Association of Petroleum Producers about how valuable petroleum products are, not just to the average person, uh, but to Ontario municipalities as well. Uh, from there, we continued on our journey through electric vehicles with Kara Clareman and on to how municipalities can help shape a net zero world with uh, Toronto's former mayor, uh, David Miller. If you missed any of those episodes, jump back, check them out because uh, they're all coming to a head today. Uh, so joining us on this journey is the business development specialist from Enbridge Gas, Joey Siples. Welcome to the show, Joey. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Fantastic. Awesome. Okay, so... Uh, I got a lot into the intro and um, people are probably wondering where I'm going with all this. Uh, there's a lot to it. And honestly, it's going to sound a tad counterintuitive to begin with, but uh, hang with us. This comes with a really big payoff. So um, we were talking with Enbridge after they uh, started working with the city of Hamilton on a renewable natural gas, RNG, which is probably what we're going to refer to it through the rest of the podcast, uh, an RNG city bus. And for those listening, I'll put the link to all that information and that project in the show notes um, and explain uh, it explains how these buses can actually make a community not just carbon neutral, but carbon negative. Right, Joey? Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's pretty exciting fuel. Um, we're trying to get, you know, the knowledge out across the province. But uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, it can be better than zero. Boom. Payoff right there, guys. <laughs> all right. Um, so to start things off and get us all on the same page here, uh, Joey, can you give us the quick and dirty on this project with uh, with the city of Hamilton? And I use dirty loosely because carbon and all of that. Not getting into that. Well, um, I, I promise we'll get into the weeds a bit later on the, the bus and everything. But there's a lot of fascinating things about this renewable natural gas. And honestly, as I was preparing for this, they, the questions just kept popping into my head. So we're, we're going to put you through the ringer here. So, um, yeah, let us know the, the, the quick and dirty on this project with the city of Hamilton. Yeah, so we partnered with the city of Hamilton for um, well over a decade. Uh, Hamilton is um, one of the early adopters of uh, natural gas buses. Um, and about six years ago, they decided uh, they would move away from diesel buses and have natural gas buses. Uh, they worked their fleet up to 137 natural gas buses. Wow. However, um, uh, conventional natural gas only offers so much emission savings. Um, you know, it, it's a very inexpensive fuel and offers a lot of fuel savings, but um, it doesn't help them, you know, in the long run get to net zero. So, uh, you know, I had some conversations with the city that um, you get to keep all your same technology, same fuel stations, same buses, dispensers, everything, um, just with a fuel switch going from conventional natural gas, to renewable natural gas, that you can blend as much RNG um, or renewable natural gas into the, uh, into the bus all the way up to... 100% carbon negative gas. They wow. were super excited with the concept of let's do one bus, uh, you know, let's show that it can work. Um, let's put 100% RNG into that bus. Um, RNG has different carbon intensities. And we can talk a little bit about, you know, different sources of RNG, but uh, this RNG is carbon negative. 
And with 100% of uh, this bus's fuel being that, it is um, not even uh, Ontario's first, you know, net zero bus. It's Ontario's first carbon negative bus. Okay, there's like a ton to unpack right there. And oh, yeah. <laughs> the first thing I want to ask, um, as you were going through there, uh, this this bus, um, there any retrofits to it to to allow it to use RNG, or it can be? You, you were saying it mixes right in with. Yeah, into gasoline? the gas supply. Yeah, so I can get wow. you know deep into the weeds on you know how how the fuel actually moves through our pipe. But um, essentially, any natural gas vehicle, whether that's uh, there's snow plows uh, in Oxford County, uh, refuse trucks all across North America. Um, you know, there's F-150s that are running on natural <laughs> gas. So any natural gas vehicle could run on renewable natural gas. Um, so it, it's it's pretty exciting that there's a lot of these assets driving around Canada's roads right now um, that are natural gas that with a fuel switch, you know, in the matter of months, you know, by the time you execute the fuel deals and make sure that, you know, the RNG uh, projects are built and stuff. Um, it's a very quick cost effective win uh, to get to net zero that you don't have to wait, you know, five, 10 years for a technology to catch up. The technology is available today. Um, it's just, you know, getting these RNG projects built and RNG into vehicles, which is the best places, uh, best place to put uh, the RNG rather than, you know, uh, replacing home heating. Okay, so the big question and the elephant in the room, everybody's environmental nowadays, and why in the intro I referenced back to our episode with Jarrett Coles and the CAPP is one of the things he mentioned just offhand, and I'll probably clip this and throw it in the show notes too, is that natural gas or methane is actually worse for the environment than carbon. Um, so why... Why would a bus be running on something worse? Yeah, so uh, I guess uh, when you say carbon, CO2 and methane, like they're right. different chemical compositions, both made of carbon. Um, but when you look from a global uh, warming perspective, methane, um, which is uh, CH4 and you know carbon dioxide, the CO2, uh, methane uh, has a lot more global warming potential than CO2. Okay. Uh, on a hundred year life scale, which is kind of a benchmark that you'll see, um, uh, methane's around, you know, 25, 28 times more powerful from a global warming perspective than CO2. Wow. But when you shrink that time frame, looking out, you know, from 20 years from today, um, methane's like 80, you know, 87, I think might be 85% more powerful from a global warming perspective rather than CO2. So when people are you know, their focus on reducing emissions, everyone thinks of CO2 and reducing CO2. That's certainly important. However, when you look at the global warming potential of the different uh, uh, emissions, uh, methane is um, way more potent. However, a lot of this methane is going into the atmosphere. So, you know, think of a lot of landfills, um, you know, some of the that gas is collected, um, you know, might be burnt, might be used to generate electricity, but you know, farm waste, you know, uh, whether it's manure or whatnot, uh, organics. Anytime there's an organic material that uh, is uh, decomposing, it's releasing methane. So what these RNG projects do is instead of having this methane that is very potent, you know, from a global warming perspective, you collect that methane, you, you, you clean up that biogas, you can inject it into a uh, natural gas distribution network. And use that to, you know, heat your homes, heat your businesses, and run these natural gas vehicles. 
So that's, what you're that's... doing is taking this really bad methane that's going to the atmosphere and putting it into a vehicle. Yeah, it combusts and it releases CO2. But when you do all the inputs on the methane that's emitted all the way to the you know tailpipe uh, you know emission of that CO2, it is a wonderful you know climate change story that you know needs to be told. Because so yeah, that's really interesting because that's um, that's a lot of uh, uh, carbon in the atmosphere that a lot of and I'm not talking CO2. I'm talking like global or global warming emissions in general that people don't think about. Like they they don't think about their the, the farms with the cow, well, I mean, they think about cows and things like that, but they don't think about where their garbage goes to, where their uh, sewage processing, what happens to all of that. So essentially what you're saying is that all of this stuff gets collected and the methane that's off-gassed from that is compressed, condensed, and used in these buses. Yeah, that, that's exactly right, Jared. So, and, um, Sorry, not just buses, apparently any vehicle, right? Any vehicle and any home and business. So anything wow. that uh, uh, uses natural gas can use this renewable natural gas. And um, so other technologies, you know, whether it's hydrogen or battery electric, it, you know, the that's the the carbon of that is well understood. So if you have renewables generating electricity, you have an electric vehicle. That's a great uh, climate change story, uh, and it is, and I hundred percent agree with that. However that solution doesn't solve this methane uh, issue of farms, wastewater treatment plants, landfills. Um, you know, as long as there's humans and animals and organic material on earth, there's going to be this organic waste. And we're starting to hear, you know, municipalities talk about what are we going to do, right? I think by 2025, there needs to be a green bin program uh, yeah. to collect these organics to stop them to go from landfills. Then the question is, what do we do with these organics? And, you know, one thing you can do is make compost. Um, but that's from an emissions reduction perspective, not the best use of those. It would be take those organics, put them in anaerobic digester, make RNG. That can be a revenue generator for the city if you sell it. Um, now you don't get the credits, uh, you know, the, uh, the carbon reduction credits if you sell it. Um, but you can use it to you know, heat your civic center, um, you know, run your Zambonis that are, you know, cleaning your ice or, you know, fueling your refuse and transit buses. Um, and depending on, you know, where those organics are coming from, this can very quickly help a city um, cost effectively get to net zero and beyond, right? So wow. if, if you have a fleet that's 100% carbon negative, that's now offsetting maybe some carbon that you can't get rid of in a different, you know, process. So, um, and yeah, yeah, that's when I said in the intro, it's sort of counterintuitive. You're actually making carbon, but you're removing something that's 80, 80% more damaging to the environment. Yeah. 80 times on that 20 year 80 scale. Times, so, sorry, 80 times. Yeah. So what this solution does is it helps, you know, the province and the city solve its organic waste problem which needs to be solved yeah. and it helps solve, you know, the vehicle um, and their building emissions uh, problem. So, you know, a municipality can use its own organics, make its own fuel to make its own carbon negative fleet um, or carbon negative buildings. Right. So it's, yeah, it's a very exciting story that, uh, you know, I, I'm happy to talk about today. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, so yeah, the environmental impact, that's, um, 
it, it seems relatively minimal uh, since you're taking all this harmful gas out of the environment and putting something like, I mean, less harmful, but um, yeah, not near as bad. And so I guess the big question then, and it, it comes with electric cars and hydrogen as well, is how does this compare to all of the other fuels out there or vehicle um, propulsion systems? I know a lot of cities are looking into electric buses. How would this compare to to uh, an electric bus? Um, they they complement each other. So I, I don't think it has to be an either or. So uh, a lot of people, when they're uh, looking at, you know, how do we reduce emissions in transportation, say, um, you know, there's a lot of thought on, well, there's only going to be one technology, right? You'll, you'll hear, you know, uh, Tesla say, well, hydrogen is, you know, not going to be the way to do it. And then, right. So there's, yeah. there's hydrogen, there's battery electric, there's RNG, th- there's a place for all these different fuels. Um, and I can get into, you know, why, but from an emissions perspective, people understand tailpipe emissions, right? So if, yeah. if a vehicle does not have a tailpipe, it's identified as a zero emission vehicle. Um, and, and that's where a lot of the general knowledge is. However, um, when you look at uh, any of these fuels, you need to look at life cycle emissions. How is that fuel made? How is that fuel transported? And then how is that fuel used, right? So from an electric vehicle perspective, yeah, you might have that electric vehicle, but what's generating your electricity? Right. So here in Ontario, we have um, you know one of the cleanest grids in the world which is great. Um, but a lot of regions in Canada don't have that. There, you know, there, there's some provinces that are burning coal, right? So if coal is your primary source of electricity, effectively that battery vehicle is running on coal, right? Even though it's an electric vehicle. So when looking at any of these fuels, you know, what we're saying is, um, you have to look at life cycle emissions, right? Um, on top of, you know, do you have, you know, diesel auxiliary heaters and, you know, there's, there's limitations to some technologies and, um, fleets or, you know, vehicles that can't be electrified. So, you know, maybe there's infrastructure, uh, issues, uh, within a certain city or municipality, or maybe there's route concerns. So, okay. um, you know, battery technology is improving. Um, but however, today, um, not all routes and all buses can be electrified just due to maybe the weight, the terrain, uh, climate, um, length of the route. Uh, maybe there's not the ability to do on-route charging. And the, the great thing about renewable natural gas or natural gas vehicles is they have the same performance as uh, their diesel counterpart. So same range, you can refuel a natural gas vehicle in you know, five, six minutes. It doesn't take hours. Um, and you if you have pinch, the same climate, can, yeah. So if you're it's, in a pinch, um, you can mix with diesel or or not or regular gas as well. For sure. So when municipalities are looking at, okay, you know, make the decision. We want to get off diesel. What should we do? And you know, there's a lot of reports that are looking at, you know, what what would fuel cell electric look like? What would battery electric look like? The other piece would be what would renewable natural gas look like? And then a combination of them, right? So some yeah. municipalities are like, oh, maybe there's only five routes that I can electrify and we'll electrify those. Well, your other 15 routes that you're waiting for, you can get up, uh, get off diesel today with renewable natural gas and deploy multiple technologies. And 
we're starting to hear that tune change quite a bit. You know, Futric, uh, the Canadian Urban Transit Research Innovation Consortium, they right. recognize that. Um, so we're starting to get out about it. But um, that's a kind of a quick rundown on, you know, the technology and uh, the emissions of uh, the different technologies. Is there a is there a cost saving to switching over from diesel to RNG for like a municipality who's looking to to change that? Like you said, it could happen today, just like that. Could they save money while they're doing it? Yeah. So uh, when you look at it, you have to look at the total cost of uh, ownership. So um, uh, from a vehicle perspective, uh, natural gas buses are maybe about a 10% premium. So uh, 50 to $60,000 more uh, than the diesel counterpart. Um, maintenance savings. Uh, so uh, city of Calgary and city of Hamilton say that they save about $5,000 per year per bus um, on a natural gas bus versus uh, a, a diesel bus. And then when you get into fuel, it's it's what emissions profile do you want, right? So uh, we'll start off at 100% conventional natural gas and we'll work our way over to 100% carbon negative renewable natural gas. So if you're running conventional natural gas, um, the price is you know in that 20 to 30 cents a liter range. So there's substantial fuel savings of uh, conventional natural gas over diesel, um, like the city of uh, Hamilton and Calgary came out. I, I think they're saving about $20,000 Wow. per year per bus by getting off diesel and going to natural gas. However, natural gas, you're saving maybe 15, 20% of your emissions. You're not getting to net zero. So now when you want to look at getting, you know, 20% reduction all the way to hundred percent or greater, now you have to introduce renewable natural gas, which is at a, a premium relative to conventional natural gas. However, uh, on a, unit of energy basis, like we use gigajoules um, as our unit of energy. Um, diesel, if it's a dollar a liter, is about $24, $25 a gigajoule, which is about the price of renewable natural gas. Okay. So you, you might be paying the premium on the bus, then you have to build a fuel station. So there is some incremental capital, but when you add all that up and then divide by what you know that deployment would cost per bus, you're, you're talking maybe $200,000, $250,000 per bus to deploy mm. renewable natural gas. Where when you look at other technologies, you know, there's a lot of announcements that have been recently made. It, they, they're in the seven, eight hundred, you know, million dollars per bus, uh, wow. you know, deployment with some federal funds. So um, I was, yeah, I was going to say just on that. Do, so do any of, do these buses or do these qualify for any like subsidies in terms of greening fleets or any of that? Because I know a lot of municipalities are taking advantage of that to switch to electric buses um, because the funding is there and 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 it's available to them. Now, would would these qualify for that sort of thing? Yeah. So um, on that, uh, Enbridge, uh, we have a municipal program, so we can help fund a lot of the uh, incremental capital. So anything on top of what you would pay for diesel, Enbridge can um, manage that and you know turn it into an operating cost. But from a government grant fund perspective. Uh, we're doing a lot of work on that. Um, uh, most of the work is trying to get decision makers to understand life cycle emissions versus um, uh, just tailpipe emissions. Um, there's, uh, using Qtrick as an example again, um, they're one of the first agencies to re now recognize RNG as a zero emission vehicle, that they are starting to look at life cycle emissions, not only uh, tailpipe emissions. So um, it, 
it's changing. Um, is the funding greenlighted today? Um, uh, I wouldn't say yes. Uh, we're hoping, um, you know, to have that recognition because the idea is, and I had mentioned that it this solution helps solve the organic waste issue within a municipality and the uh, transportation emissions, and do both, right? So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm not saying don't do electric. Do make electric. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think passenger diet. cars should be electric. It's just instead of right. waiting and only doing a certain portion of your fleet, you can do a huge chunk yeah. of your fleet with multiple technologies. But that's the funny thing about RNG too, is it's solving a problem people don't really know they have. I mean, I I didn't even think about where organics go or where our water gets cleaned or anything like that until you mentioned it. And it's like, oh my God, yes, all of that stuff puts out like methane. And yeah, methane I, I'm not gonna lie. I feel I feel pretty good about myself when I put stuff in the organics bit. I feel like I'm uh, helping the environment. You're damaging the environment. Yeah, but me. now it's not just going to an RNG bus. I don't know. Maybe I should. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, people know that you know you don't want to put the organics. Uh, maybe they don't quite know. You know, throwing those organics into the landfill, what that actually means to the environment. Um, people are starting to get it. And municipalities are getting it. They're asking the questions. Um, we're meeting with a lot of these municipalities. So there's knowledge of renewable natural gas is getting out there. Um, there's a lot of interest in building, you know, these production uh, facilities. Um, what uh, the next step of the story is, what do we do with this RNG? And there's a lot of initial interest on reducing, um, you know, just say home heating emissions, um, okay. which needs to happen. Uh, it, it needs to happen. However, um, looking at things out of a cost per ton emissions reduction perspective, the best place to put that RNG is into a, a vehicle and offsetting diesel, um, not the home heating. And so, the reason, oh, yeah, sorry, no, go, go ahead, Jared. No, no, I, I was going to move off topic, but uh, you, you sounded like you had a good point there. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's an important point, you know, especially for municipalities to understand because they're wondering about, you know, reducing the emissions of their arenas and, you know, maybe selling yeah. some of it and, you know, uh, any of their buildings. But when you look at a cost per ton emissions perspective, uh, as I mentioned, natural gas uh, is about, so this is the commodity cost, uh, is about 3 $4 a gigajoule, where RNG is, you know, that $24, $25 gigajoule. So it's eight times more expensive than conventional natural gas. However, right. when you look at diesel fuel, the RNG and the uh, diesel fuel have very similar fuel price. So when you look at going from diesel fuel to RNG, the fuel price is very similar, yet you have, you know, 100 to 200 uh, plus uh, emissions reduction. However, going from conventional natural gas to RNG, you're now going from a very inexpensive fuel to a very expensive fuel. And natural gas is already 20% fewer emissions than diesel fuel. So it's um, uh, any municipality that's looking at RNG, um, it's a great idea. But when you're looking at what the takeoff is going to be, take a serious look at transportation because um, it's um, it, it's a great use of reducing your emissions um, and very cost effectively. So with um, uh, talking about vehicles and focusing mainly on vehicles with this, we've mentioned buses and we know we can do this in buildings and so on and so forth. If, if, you, if a municipal fleet was looking at RNG, would it, um, 
would it behoove them to look into working on their bigger vehicles as well? I mean, like uh, dump trucks, backhoes, uh, excavators, things like that. I mean, I know um, as an electric car, I guess aficionado, I'll put that in my, in, in my name. Enthusiast. Tag. Enthusiast. Thank you. Enthusiast. <laughs> as a, an electric car, electric vehicle enthusiast, I can't see electric vehicles or electricity being used on these larger vehicles that have to put in a lot more work as they stand right now. Would RNG be a nice um, compromise for that as opposed to paying for diesel? I mean, like you were saying, diesel and RNG are roughly similar in terms of price. Um, can they carry the same power? Could RNG carry one of these larger vehicles while reducing emissions that these vehicles put out? Yeah, for sure. Um, so you mentioned some, you know, off-road type vehicles. Um, yeah. That technology's uh, coming along. There's a lot of testing happening on it. Uh, I, I mentioned earlier, Oxford County, their snow plows are running on uh, natural gas, um, mm. refuse vehicles, um, Enbridge, our fleet, uh, you know, we have F-350s running on wow. uh, natural gas um, and larger vehicles. So um, when you get into passenger type vehicles, uh, you know, there, there's not a huge movement in natural gas here you know, in India, very much so, but wow. we haven't really seen that um, in North America. Um, it's more of that medium heavy duty range that you see the vehicles um yeah. i would love for excavators and um backhoes and all that stuff uh, that technology is not quite available i i get that question asked a lot um because that's not easy to electrify you know and no. how do you how do you um bring you know electricity remotely you know to these sites where exactly there is natural gas solutions um you know there's some companies that uh have they call it a virtual pipeline so you right. can take gas from uh, they call it a mother station but uh, like a compression hub you fill up a tube trailer almost like a four fuel diesel type thing and you can bring natural gas you know to any yard however the technology for a lot of that off-road stuff isn't available today however you know the public works departments and stuff when you're looking at you know uh, uh aggregate vehicles or snow plows um yeah, certainly, uh, you know, buses, uh, refuse. Um, refuse is, uh, natural gas is almost becoming the norm um, for a lot of municipalities, uh, oh, both really? for their in-house uh, and uh, contracted. Um, hmm. a, a recent example is the city of London. Uh, they um, uh, started procuring, uh, I think they now have six uh, natural gas vehicles, uh, refuse vehicles. Um, so, yeah, it's not just uh, transit. Um, so public works, uh, you know, it, when you're looking at different technologies, natural gas vehicles um, could fit for a lot of your fleet. Wow. That's interesting. And and let me ask you this, Joey, this might be kind of a, an odd question or a, something that maybe is obvious to you, but maybe not so obvious to someone who's not always looking at this sort of thing. Would a municipality have to have its own source of this stuff to be able to power the RNG or can it get it from somewhere else? Like, a big city, for example, might have a lot of this uh, waste, organic waste, all that sort of thing. But what about a smaller uh, rural town or whatever? Like, would they, is there somewhere for them to get that, to, to source that fuel? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so this will kind of get into the whole nomination process and how, you know, a company like Enbridge manages their gas and the way we've done it for uh, over 100 years. But um Yes, a municipality could have its own RNG project. So they would make RNG, 
Um, it would get injected into our distribution network. There's a meter that's set up on that. So Enbridge, we know when gas comes into our system and what the sources are. So that RNG, it's all accounted for on this is how much, you know, how many molecules or whatever unit of energy or volume, however you want to measure it, of that RNG project went into our system. It, it, it's logged from an accounting perspective. And then that city can allocate that RNG to any of its assets. So, um, you know, this meter at City Hall or this meter at their, you know, bus fleet or, you know, this one at the refuse, or they might, you know, decide to have, you know, uh, have a marketer to sell the gas. So uh, a lot of the renewable natural gas today is sold out of province. It's going to other provinces and out of the country. Um, there's a huge demand for RNG in the U.S. Um, it, the latest figure, the state of California, um, over 90% of the fuel used in their natural gas vehicles is renewable natural gas. When looking at the wow. U.S. as a whole, I think it's now 53% of all natural gas vehicles are running on RNG. So think of Amazon just made an announcement on natural gas vehicles in the U.S. Waste management just procured, they're procuring 6,000 uh, vehicles. So it's very big in the U.S. We're catching up here in Canada. So back to that nomination thing, um, if a municipality was looking to get an RNG and they don't have a, a project, it can be purchased um, if they wanted to keep it in province or out of province. There's marketers and, you know, Enbridge uh, uh, helps coordinate that, um, that, you know, we can help match. Uh, here's an RNG project and you're going to buy that RNG and, you know, have that go into your vehicle, or your buildings. Um, and it's all through our nomination process. So it's, uh, the gas is all connected. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we talked about it earlier, um, sort of alluded to it a little bit, but, uh, tell us a little bit more about this, uh, the city of Hamilton's example. Um, yeah, you've got, uh, you've got a, a paper on your website about that, that I said, I'm, I'm going to link to what, um, I, I guess, how did this all start? Like, yeah, did you have did you have to go to their council and pitch it, and what was, or is it just something that their public works department or transit department uh, started or wanted to start? Yeah, so we worked very closely with the city. Um, so their natural gas fueling station, um, we maintain and take care of that station for them. So they just have to worry about you know pulling their bus up and fueling it up. Everything you know on that gas and maintaining that station, we do that for them. So we work very close with them. Um, and there was a lot of interest on uh, on both parties on demonstrating, right? So there's been a lot of talk, you know, uh, in, in Ontario on renewable natural gas and vehicles, but it hadn't been done yet anywhere. So, you know, both parties, we were talking on what would it look like, uh, you know, maybe to start off with one vehicle to demonstrate, um, you know, this great story. Um, so what Hamilton did is they signed a contract uh, with Storm Fisher. So it is a uh, um, an RNG production facility located in London, Ontario. They take a farm and um, organic waste and they make RNG injected into the grid. Um, so now a portion of that RNG is now going to the city of Hamilton for that bus. Um, and then, you know, to kind of make the bigger splash, you know, the bus is uh, wrapped and stuff to uh, try to catch people's attention on this fuel. I believe um, we saw that in the last issue of the Milestones magazine. You guys had an article in there with that bus on the front, right? Yep, yeah. yep. So check it's, that out. Uh, I'll put that in the in the show notes as well. 
Yeah, so it's driving around Ontario or on uh, Hamilton's roads today. Um, you know, both parties are very excited about it. Um, we're excited to, you know, hopefully uh, have more of their vehicles. Um, so in Canada today, and this is a very quick win for the federal government. Um, you guys are probably well aware that there's a target to have 5,000 zero emission vehicles uh, by 2024, 2025. Well, uh, in Canada today, we have about 1,000 natural gas vehicles. Wow. Buses, sorry, not just vehicles, just buses. buses. Only one is running on RNG. So <laughs> it is a zero emission bus using that you know life cycle emission process that with a fuel switch from natural gas to RNG, those 1,000 vehicles in less than a year could be net zero without building any new stations, buying new buses, anything. So wow. Um, wow. when decision makers are you know, contemplating you know, quick solutions, here's a very quick solution to reach 20% of uh, you know, our national target just by switching from um, these uh, natural gas buses over to RNG. And it can be done within an election cycle. So that's very important. <laughs> within an election cycle. So, you know, the, the part will be getting, you know, there are over 100 uh, biogas production projects in some form of development right now. The, the Canadian Biogas Association just did a, a recent report because what we get asked a lot is, uh, is there enough RNG? Like, wh where is this gas? And um, it, it's an excellent report stating um, we're only accessing maybe like 13% of the easily accessible biogas in Canada. Wow. Um, only a fraction of this biogas is turned into RNG. A lot of it right now is um, uh, either uh, vented or flared. So it, it's not even really being used. So a lot of these projects can switch and put the upgrading facilities on them and make RNG injected into the grid. So there's there's enough of this biogas in Canada um, to fuel our fleets. Um, so these projects are happening quick. Uh, the uh, yeah, the thing is um, the, the municipalities, uh, they're saving a lot of money right now, right? So I had mentioned that, you know, they're saving $20,000 per year on a bus. Now it's, you know, uh, everyone's looking at making that investment to uh, now further reduce their emissions and uh, switching from a natural gas vehicle to an RNG is uh, a great win for municipalities, provinces uh, and Canada. Um, so, you know, we're we're trying to point out that there's a thousand vehicles that can be switched right now. Um, uh, but, yeah, that's kind of where we're at on the wow. end of the wide. That's um it seems like Canada is poised to uh, be, well, we're already in a really good position to take advantage of this. And I mean, not only is it something easy to do, it's something responsible to do. Um, and I'm sure like a lot of the listeners here, like email me afterwards if you have heard of this, but I mean, a lot of them didn't know about natural gas and methane just being off gassed from these facilities. And it, it sort of seems to me that um, it, it's a problem we didn't know we had, but in focusing on CO2 emissions versus methane, it's like having two taps or two faucets, one of them dripping and the other one being full blast um, with, with uh, methane being the one going full blast and uh, CO2 being the drip. And they're trying to take care of the drip and wondering why the bathroom is flooding. <laughs> That's a good analogy. Right. And, um, and it is complicated. You're dealing with different departments that are looking at different things, but, when you look at things holistically, whether within your municipality or within the province or within the country, 
there, there's a whole bunch of different carbon sources and yeah. it's how do you reduce them the quickest, most cost effective way, right? So when you look within your um, uh, uh, micro environment of your municipality, you know, there's a lot of landfills and there's a lot of wastewater treatment plants and there's this methane and there's biogas that can be utilized within your city. However, you have, you know, transit and public works that are different segments within a municipality making decisions. Mm -hmm. So it's having all the parties come together and how do we reduce our emissions within the municipality? And there's a great circle economy um, story. And the city of Toronto is a perfect example of this. Um, they built a RNG uh, project uh, in Dufferin. Um, so they're producing RNG and they're using it. They're, they decided to spread it amongst all their budget. So they didn't put it all into refuse and, you know, they're not putting okay. it into buses or just their buildings. They're spreading it out. But here's a perfect story of um, a circle economy. So with the city of Toronto, their garbage trucks are picking up organic waste that's going to um, an anaerobic digester that's making fuel to run their garbage trucks, right? So it's <laughs> it, it's awesome. an amazing story for municipalities. It's yeah. a circle economy. Um, so uh, yeah, we're very excited, you know, to partner with the city of Toronto on that. And a lot of min- other municipalities are, uh, you know, asking the same questions. How do they do something similar? And like David Miller said in um, a couple podcasts before, these bigger cities are doing it. So it's proof of concept for these smaller municipalities. Um, yep. I guess to your point, uh, they've just got to start talking as departments to see where this can be used or utilized um, as opposed to other uh, other ways of uh, of energy usage. Yeah, like there's a lot of biogas studies that happen within a municipality and uh, recognizing, hey, there's a great opportunity with renewable natural gas. But then the big question is, what do you do with it? And the quick answer that a, a lot of folks think about is, I'm going to sell it. You know, it's a revenue source and that's a great way to generate revenue. But if you want to reduce your emissions and that's high priority using that gas to uh, offset, um, you know, diesel emissions uh, and, you know, a portion of that, you know, reducing emissions within, you know, any of the city assets. um, It's an excellent fuel to do that very cost effectively. Um, But yeah. Cool. Awesome. Wow. Um, so what's in the future of uh, renewable natural gas? Um, what, what's down the pipeline? Are we looking, um, I, I know you mentioned bigger vehicles. Uh, are we talking like houses? Um, I, God, I don't know. Anything else? Yeah. Uh, so a lot of cool stuff happening. So I mentioned a lot of these uh, biogas projects that are happening across Canada. So we're, we're catching up from a production standpoint. Um, you know, we're starting, you know, with the city of Hamilton on the vehicle front, uh, you know, I, I foresee a lot of these natural gas vehicles switching over to renewable natural gas, especially as um, the carbon uh, levy starts to increase. Diesel right. fuel and conventional natural gas are going to become more expensive, where the price of renewable natural gas is going to stay very, very stable. So, so this the, doesn't, th- this RNG, that does that not uh, account for the levy as well? Uh, yeah, so we're, you know, the framework hasn't been finalized, but it's, you know, the expectation is that you wouldn't pay carbon tax on the renewable natural gas. Um, wow. But uh, I don't believe that has been finalized yet. Okay. Um, but uh, so the value proposition of renewable natural gas is going to continue to get better. Um, the Each province is at a different uh, um, place. So out in British Columbia, 
uh, Fortis BC is introducing a lot of uh, renewable natural gas into their distribution network. You're seeing the same thing uh, in Quebec with Energier and gaz Fair. Here in Ontario, uh, Enbridge just uh, recently announced, um, we call it the opt-up program. So uh, homeowners will be able to uh, opt up and uh, uh, pay $2 per month to uh, bring renewable natural gas uh, into our system. Wow. Um, you know, stay tuned. There's going to be a lot of promotion across the province on that. So, um, you know, we're starting to green our system too. So I, I think what we're going to see is a lot more renewable natural gas projects and a lot more renewable natural gas, both reducing emissions of distribution systems, but also reducing emissions uh, in, in fleets. Wow. That's... Yeah. Um... And it's growing very fast in the U.S. Like uh, RNG, it's around 400% growth in the last four or five years. So uh, almost all the, what would I say, the 53% across all of the U.S. natural gas vehicles are running on RNG. And that yeah. number is climbing. It was like 40%, I think, last year. So it's, um, they have um, a different regime on credit. So, you know, there's RIN credits and clean fuel type credits. Right. Uh, we're waiting for... Uh, you know, the clean fuel standard uh, to happen here in Canada, but the same thing is expected to happen. So um, uh, the liquid stream of the clean fuel regulation, um, uh, you know, there's going to be a requirement to reduce emissions or buy credits. These right. natural gas stations um, that'll have renewable natural gas filling up vehicles are going to be eventually able to generate credits that can be sold. So, you know, the city of mm -hmm. Hamilton will have a revenue generator with their natural gas uh, uh, fueling station for their buses. Um, so I think we're going to see a lot more natural gas stations being built across Canada um, and RNG going through them, uh, w which is happening in the U.S. Uh, as we speak. So, so Joey, interesting. So, you're, so you mentioned that the U.S. is kind of like a lot further ahead than we are here in Canada on this sort of thing. And you mentioned that the, the you know there's a clean fuel standard. Are you saying that one of the big reasons why is that we have we don't have enough? We haven't. Are you saying government regulation isn't there yet? Is that we need more government regulation on this sort of thing? <laughs> Normally, it's the opposite, right? Yeah. So, so I'm, it, it's um, you know in early days of technology adoption, um, you, you know usually there's uh, different um, investments into different technologies. You know we're, yeah. we're, we're seeing it in all the technologies. Um, it. I would say that's how it went very quickly in the U.S. is with uh, their regiment on it. Um, U.S. has dropped their emissions substantially. And a big reason is stop burning coal. They're using natural gas. And then now RNG is um, it happening a lot. So the state of California, their entire pool of RNG is now carbon negative. Wow. It's amazing. Wow. Like, uh, I think the pool is around minus... Uh, it's under minus 10, uh, minus seven, minus eight grams per megajoule of uh, a CO2 equivalent. Um, RNG is the only fuel that can do that. Electric, um, the best it can get is zero emissions. And that's assuming you run on 100% renewables. So, you know, hydro, um, wind, solar, nuclear, 100% um, of that, you'd have zero emission electric. However, since you're pulling all this methane out of the air, that's how you're able to get, um, you know, carbon negative with the RNG. And the state of California's RNG supply is um, uh, negative now, and it's forecasted in the next couple of years to be minus 100 grams of CO2e. So wow. 
They, well, it, it is an amazing story that's happening in California. It's happening across, you know, the rest of the U.S. And um, it's, it's starting to come a lot faster here in Canada, too. So it's not that in a sense that there's a lot of pushback against this sort of thing. It's more so that we have to kind of give the incentives to help this adoption kind of move ahead. The U.S. has kind of done that more so than Canada. And that's really it's not that people are saying our municipalities are saying, you know, we don't want this. It's not good for us. Yeah, it, um, I wouldn't say it's all incentives. It's a lack of knowledge around it, right? If you okay. took a poll on, you know, the average Ontarian on, you know, do you know what renewable natural gas or RNG is? Um, a lot of folks don't quite know what that is yeah. yet. Um, well, I mean, and- this episode here just proved that I <laughs> yeah, mean, like, uh, Thomas and I had no yeah, idea. I, I, I had no idea. <laughs> like, right. And it wasn't, it's not just renewable natural gas. It's that the the garbage we throw out, the the waste we flush down the toilet, that's all producing methane and is actually worse for the environment. I mean, I from working with with um, uh, Exxon Mobil chemical films, I knew that in these oil industries, they flash the uh, the methane because it makes it better for the environment than just letting methane go itself. But I like y- you don't think you, you throw something into the compost, you think, okay, I'm doing something good for the yeah, environment. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, without knowing how great, you know, it is or, you know, can be for your municipality to do that Um, and getting so, you know, we're doing a lot of work uh, in the Canadian Biogas Association is doing a lot of work on this is what biogas is. This is what RNG is. and This is what it means for the environment and how this is such a wonderful story. And I think as that um, gets out more, um, it'll help motivate, uh, you know, residents to not throw that banana peel into the garbage to put it into the green bin program, right? Recognizing if I throw this into the landfill or if I throw it onto the road or whatnot, um, this is what it's going to cause from an environmental perspective. So um, yeah, the, the understanding of uh, the consequences of throwing those organics away, um, uh, the knowledge is getting out there um, and and it's moving very, very fast right now. Um, you know, us talking to you guys, uh, we talked to a lot of different trade organizations. Um, we're doing a lot more promotion, you know, around renewable yeah. natural gas. Uh, right. But yeah. Well, and this is also a, a good um, indicator that a good indicator that municipalities should be um, really looking into uh, the green bin program as well. I mean, that's that's a great collection agency for uh, for, for gathering materials. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. We uh, we meet with a lot of municipalities. So in my role, I'm more focused on the transportation side. Uh, we do have an RNG team that is you know heavily involved working with municipalities on these type of projects and making investments into them. Um, so with that mandatory green bin program, uh, everyone's trying to figure out what they're going to do with these organics. Uh, so yeah. it's um, that, I think that's what's uh, accelerating you know the the knowledge around rng and you know these projects uh, and there's a lot of interest around it um but uh uh you know com- completing that cycle so now you know there's a great way to make or uh, to use these organics what are we going to do with it and transportation is a heavy emitter of emissions um yeah. and rng is a great place to put it in that's fantastic that's um yeah that's so yeah, like like I said at the uh, the onset of this podcast, a little counterintuitive, but uh, boom, big payoff. <laughs> <laughs> so um, awesome, Joey! Thank you so much for joining us, uh, discussing this fascinating endeavor. Um, yeah, honestly, my mind's a little bit blown right now. Uh, <laughs> before we sign off, is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with uh, before we end? 
Yeah, I think if, you know, if there's any questions or you want to ask more, any of the listeners, uh, please reach out. Uh, my information's on Average's website. Uh, I don't know, uh, Ontario Good Roads Association, you know, can uh, share my info. Yeah, definitely. I'm happy to meet with uh, folks and talk with them, uh, you know, on how we, we can partner. So Enbridge, um, we're committed to reducing our emissions. We want to work with municipalities together reducing our emissions. Um, we're willing to, you know, help put money in to help fund a lot of these capital projects and uh, together building these, you know, circular economy type solutions to reduce, you know, your organic waste emissions, make some fuel and, um, you know, reduce your emissions in your, both your transportation um, and your building heat too. Awesome. Okay. So Joey, I'll get your, if it's okay with you, I'll put your email address uh, in the YouTube video in the comment or in the notes below. Yeah, that's um, perfect. Hopefully if this goes beyond Ontario, um, <laughs> those people can reach out to you too, and we can make this Sounds a good. little global, uh, <laughs> that's right. Global thing. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, and for all the municipalities out there, this is the opportunity to get in on the ground floor of this, uh, fantastic project. Um, save a little bit of money, uh, definitely help green the, the world entirely. I mean, this, this will help take those really harsh emissions, methane that we've talked about in the past. And I mean, you can use it on your bigger vehicles, your smaller vehicles, even your buildings. Um, if, if you're serious about, about meeting global emission standards, definitely take a look into this. Definitely give Joey a, a, a ring or an email or something like that. This is a fantastic opportunity and something that um, that would be fantastic for the country as a whole. Um, but uh, yeah, all right. Um, awesome. That's that's fantastic. I'm just going to leave it at there. Um, yeah, so uh, Joey, thanks again for joining us. Uh, everybody else out there, don't forget to check out OGRA on uh, our social media accounts. Uh, just search Ontario Good Roads on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Uh, and as always, if you have any questions for us or for Joey, uh, give us a shout at podcast at ogra.org. And we'll forward those on to Joey uh, for the YouTube video. We'll leave his email address in the notes below. Um, we'd be happy to pass them along. Uh, also, don't forget registration for OGRA fall courses, including snow school is in full swing at OGRA.org. Uh, maybe you can talk to your manager or if managers are there about getting your snow plows uh, hooked up to RNG. Um, go over there, check out the courses, uh, and see how OGRA can help you take control of your career and fast track your skills development. And until next time, everybody, take it easy. Take it easy.